Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 61. I am your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we are incredibly excited to have with us the award-winning and celebrated writer of comics and fiction prose, Stephanie Nina Pizzarellos. There you go. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. And I got to say, we were talking before we went on the air that we had, we, that uh, I first discovered you when I, when I interviewed Matthew Goodwin uh, a few months ago, when he was promoting his Kickstarter speculative, speculative fiction for dreamers. And, and you had, (laughs) yes. And you had a story in there called Gene, right? That was, that was your story. And it was, Mm Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And and you have a lot of projects that have that have popped that have that you're that are popped up. You got COVID Chronicles. Uh, you have also you're part of a, a Kickstarter. You wrote a, a a piece for a Kickstarter that's out now called Elsewhere Volume Two, and 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 you have a lot of some other projects too that I'm sure yeah, we'll be talking Insider about. Art came out. Yeah, tons, Insider, tons of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so yeah, I I'm you know. I'm I'm so excited to talk to you about your your process, um, how you you're working, and 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 all of your other and all of the your other your style and how you how you create and and but before before we jump right into that, I, what I want to do is kind of give our readers and readers people readers, who are reading listeners, this, maybe they're both. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they could be reading it closed caption. You know, yeah, this um, is true. <laughs> Um, so our our viewers and our listeners and our readers, um, gonna give people a, a, a kind of a background on how you got into uh, writing comics and writing prose, and and then we'll and we'll jump right into asking you some more questions. Okay, sure, sure. So I have to say what every writer says. Oh, I was a kid and I always wrote. You know, I have to say it. It's true. <laughs> Um, but you know, I was always doing uh, comic strips for my family. I would just look at family events or just horrible stories um, and just processing it with humor and in little uh, uh, little cartoons. Um, and in junior high, I really I went to this really I'm gonna call it a really hippie junior high school. It was like an alternative junior high. I think now you would call it a charter school, but back then in New York City, it was just called alternative. So like. We were like learning Latin and one class was just the Hobbit and you could do a fanzine as your report. I mean, it was just out there. <laughs> so they were very open um, about what we learned and you know how we did things. So like, instead of tan- handing in papers, I would say, I would like to hand in a novel. I, I don't wanna do your assignment. I wanna write a novel. They patted my head. They allowed me to write this awful novel. Although I did squeeze it into one of my other novels uh, <laughs> years later. Um, you know, so I had that, I had that exposure. And then in junior, in high school, um, I would kind of do the same. I went to a more normal high school <laughs> school than the junior high that taught the Hobbit, although that's still very cool. Um, but instead of, for English class, instead of um, turning in uh, book reports, um, I asked if I could take um, Grendel and Moby Dick and just write a graphic novel out of it. Like I was ahead of my time, right? I didn't call it a graphic novel. I'm like, I just wanna summarize the book instead of using words, I wanna do, a, you know, make a whatever word I use for a graphic novel. Anyway, all, all, all that, you know, was all fun and dandy. Um, but, you know, I grew up, uh, I, I grew up in a household where, you know, my mom, my mom came from Puerto Rico when she was five years old, uh, pa- part of Operation Bootstrap, U.S. colonization of Puerto Rico, grew up in abject poverty. My dad um, came to the United States, to New York City from, from Greece uh, and after effect of World War II um, and then fleeing the Greek Civil War and also grew up in abject poverty, but in the Bronx. So, you know, we didn't you know, we were fortunate that, you know, they were able to carve themselves out of that. And I'm probably, this is a very long-winded answer <laughs> to your question, but it's all part of the, yeah. the story. Um, but, you know, so we were fortunate that we didn't have that in our childhood, but it's very much a part of our life, the memory of that. And, you know, basically no one said you could be a writer and, you know, we didn't tell ourselves we could be a writer because we want to eat, <laughs> you know, we didn't want to worry about bills, you know, 
And, you know, you have family also that might not make it out in the same way you do. So, and I'm a firstborn, so you got to have that like, you know, guilt. So, you know, I ventured into um, uh, public health uh, and made a conscious decision though, not to, um, not to go into medicine as a physician. And part of me did that because I kind of secretly wanted to carve out time to write and I was afraid, which is silly, you could do both. But I just had this thing that, um, you know, I wanna do something that's kind of easy and would pay and have financial security, but kind of let me just do my writing thing. And, um, you know, at some point in my public health career, I said, you know, this isn't enough. This isn't enough, you know, um, I couldn't really name it, but you know, I have a very supportive husband and he's like, take some writing classes. Cause I tried, I said, I'm gonna do a sci-fi fantasy novel and nothing worked. Yeah. So I took some writing classes. Um, one of the perks of working at the time I was working for Columbia University, you get free tuition for, <laughs> for a lot of courses. I don't know if they do that now, but back <laughs> then they did. And, um, you know, I had some wonderful teachers. Um, I took a few just basic courses. Um, and I started to notice every time I took a course, a professor would put, pull me aside and said, I want to mentor you. I, I want, you know, so I knew I wasn't writing chicken scratch, you know, I was doing something and, um, yeah. So, you know, I just, and, and I didn't, you know, usually when you take these courses, I didn't get an MFA, but usually the rule is you do little short stories and you do an anthology, you get an agent, whatever. But I was like, no, I'm writing a novel. So I just dove straight in. Um, and it was really hearing Alyssa Albert was my first teacher. Um, and she she said that variation on, she said, take what you know and write what you love. Mm. And like, ah, oh, I mean, that fixed everything. Like, I'm like, right. I, I was able to write after hearing her say that. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, wrote, wrote my first novel just on my own, try to learn how the whole publishing industry works, pitch that. Probably was rejected 150 times by literary agents. Um, and I said, you know, I'm going to work on a different novel. That one was, uh, they, it was a, a lot, my two novels that I have right now are very much Greek history side. And then the one I currently have on sub with my agent is uh, some Neurican history on the Upper West Side. But I just, I kept writing and I wrote a second book and I got different offers from different agents. And yeah, so that's the prose side. I guess you want to hear the comic side because that's totally. Because that. <laughs> I could just keep talking. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's so how it started. Me. Right. Yeah. Because you started writing prose. That's where that, and then, and then you dipped your toe first into some comics and then you jumped in and started swimming. Right. Is that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I like, you know, growing up, you know, my cousin, uh, Aaron Guzman, who's an illustrator I work with, and we have a lot of things planned. We have some comic, uh, comic together in COVID, com uh, COVID Chronicles, as well as with Seth Martell. But like, I looked up to my cousin, Aaron. Aaron, if you're there, hello. Um, he is an, uh, he's just an amazing illustrator and he would babysit us and he would just draw and I can't find it. I looked all over the house. But he would just draw the most amazing things. He actually did a, a, a was it a Wolverine in a Psylocke picture, right? Oh, oh yeah, you're good. Yeah, see, Instagram. I did my research. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know where I put it. That one is this <laughs> other one. So I really looked up to him. I mean, and Aaron, um, you know, my memory is I remember taking, I say taking him. I was like a little preteen. It's my older cousin. I'm like, we're going to Comic Con. Now, mind you, Comic Con then was like, I don't know, this 80s, 90s, I lost track of time. It was like Big Apple Comics, right? It was like in the some Pennsylvania hotel, something, right? Mm. And I would like go up with him to the table, be like, this is my cousin. <laughs> you need to hire Marvel. He's like the most amazing illustrator. <laughs> you know, like I I was just I admired him. But and 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 he eventually actually did a a a, um, a Punisher uh, story uh, for Marvel um, until then going into graphic uh, uh, illustration. Anyway, long story short, it never occurred to me to write though comics. Like this, I was of the generation of like Jim Lee, you know, like right. it was all about the art, you know, no one told me someone wrote comics, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't, I know the names are there, but like, and it wasn't so later when I, you know, look back and like Chris Claremont, oh my God, that's why I 
part of why I like these stories, besides the great matching of, of, of illustrators. I totally lost track of what I what question I was answering. Comics. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, but I never told myself that. And Aaron, you know, was seeing how I was like struggling with prose and the waiting and the editing. And you, you know, this agent wants, you know, when you're on querying, change this, you wait a year, or no, I don't want to. You know, you know, it's a very slow, particularly literary fiction, mm -hmm. um, which is the genre I write. Um, but here's this, you know, I write um, what uh, Professor Daniel Bautista termed uh, comic book realism. Mm. And that's uh, a type of literary fiction that mixes uh, realism with popular culture that defines the lives of the pr protagonists, particularly Latinx protagonists. Right. So, you know, my novel, you know, that's on sub right now, my agent is based on very much X-Men 137 gene, which we could talk about. Um, you know, my novel I'm working on is based on the Infinity um, Gauntlet before the movies came out, okay? Right. So, you know, I never really understood how much comics influenced, even though it was obvious. And getting nudges from my cousin, like, forget them, create our own, let's do our thing. You know, we're going to do our graphic novel together. And even one of the editors um, from uh, Speculative Fiction for Dreamers, um, uh, Alex Hernandez, I know people by Twitter handles, it's so hard to remember their real names. <laughs> you know, he sent me a submission. He's like, you know, you should, he, and he was an editor that really liked Gene. And, you know, you remember when editors like your work. I mean, the only the reason I'm in Speculative Fiction for Dreamers is is Matt really um, gave me such warm feedback when I applied for the first anthology and, and it, it wasn't right. And then he reached out to me when this anthology, the second one. So, you know, those little moments with editors make a big difference. And he nudged me, Alex, to uh, apply to submit this one comic. And it just like clicked. I'm like, yeah, why don't, you know, okay, my cousin's been saying it, but he's my cousin, you know? Um, and it was all the nudging and then just uh, editors like Nicole Boos um, from Comics Experience, who when she got the call from Shelley Bond that she was gonna do um, insider art, you know, said, hey, do you wanna be in this? And I was like, me, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, but all of that, it's people really pushing me into comics. The more I try to do prose, <laughs> the more comics and and I kind of, and then Seth Martell that we were talking about prior, I don't know how much of that got in. Seth, hi, um, one day I'll actually meet you. <laughs> we have all these comics out. Um, but like, you know, Seth Martell at the time was part of comics experience and said, you know, hey, you seem like a nice person. Do you, do you wanna do, uh, you know, do you wanna submit together? Do you wanna, um, and I had been admiring his work. Um, I really liked how um, he had in his own work women of color, and he did them did them well um, and, and 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 nice. And yeah, he kept sending me, "Hey, should we <laughs> let's submit here?" I'm like, "Okay, let's do that." And you know, so it's really it's wonderful people like that. Um, and 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 now um, fortunate also Shelley Bond has entered my life and. Uh, has been very supportive and um, encouraging and yeah. So let me ask you this question because compared to the prose writing and then writing comics, uh, what do you see is, what, what, what format comes easier for you, I guess? Um, I have to say, I mean, getting a story down comes is, is easy for me. I mean, I'm not, you know, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm not a writer that has writer's block if if I know I want to do a story, right? Um, so an idea coming down is not hard. Um, prose takes more time for me because you have to perfect it. It has to be polished, right? right? It has to, you know, if you're looking for an agent, you can't send, and it's, it's fiction, you can't send a proposal. You have to have this really highly po pro uh, polished, product that requires years and years of research. You, your, your comic might re require years and years of research, depends on what you're doing. But a comic for me, you know, I, I would say it comes easier. And I don't know if it's just a matter of a time thing where I know I have room to be working so closely with different people 
right? You know, prose writing can be very lonely until an editor, an agent, depending, you know, but it's not as crowded as comics. So I feel like there's this room where I don't spend the mental energy to try to make it perfect because it's not, you know, I, I learned this in the women in, women in comics uh, uh, con, uh, panel uh, taught by Danny Lore and Vita Ayala. And it stood out really st stuck in my head that, you know, the illustrator is not there to implement your vision, right? It's a collaboration. And that kind of frees up that part of my mind that I have to have every single thing figured out. I mean, you can, Right. But there's just a little bit of room where you don't have to get so attached. You don't have to have, it's a collaboration. So for me, it just seems to come easier and I could do it quicker. Like, right. you know, I think so much, I think Seth, right? Everything we've done is like, okay, we got to do it in a week. You know, <laughs> you know not everything, but I, I think pretty much. Um, so, yeah. I, and, and so you mentioned that you're working with, 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 with Seth Martell. When you sit down and say, here's the script, how much back and forth do you get where there's any times you're like, no, I really want it to be like this or, or how much of that give and take happens between you and the artist? So, okay. So it depends on the artist. Okay. So, yeah, we can if, do that. <laughs> so, so Seth is totally, um, and that's okay. Everyone's yeah. different, right? So Seth is very much collaborative, very much, um, is this what you want? And I'm like, no, is this what you want? kind of can you do this you know to one point where i'm like i'm sorry for all those texts and emails seth but like it's <laughs> taking pictures of comics and writing on the pan drawing stick figures like it should look like this and, it should, and that works right but if i sent that to my cousin aaron he'd laugh at me right <laughs> <laughs> because we're family right and it's a different style so you know, it really depends on the illustrator um, and the style and then and, and what the comic's about. So like for uh, Seth and I's comic in um, Elsewhere too, um, that's an example of Seth had a story idea and he wanted X, Y, Z elements mm -hmm. and I wrote a story around it. Mm -hmm. So in that one, when he would ask me, um, hey, does this work? I'm like, yeah, that's, it's whatever you want because it's it's a different, I told them this is not like my baby. Like I didn't like come up from this with scratch. I want this to work with your vision and it mm -hmm. should always work with each other's vision. But because of the creation process and how it started, I just, there's a different attachment. Um, um, with, Aaron, with Aaron Guzman, when we did DR163, that was also very much a sort of uh, melding of the minds um, and a, a co-creator you know, versus just illustrated, just to be technical. So, you know, there's very much of like, okay, you thought that works or, you know, you know what, there's too much talking, you know, your prose is getting, you know, your prose head hat's getting in the way. So it really depends on the project. And I think the illustrator. Okay. All right. And, and, and how many, cause we, and we'll, we'll talk in a, in a, in a, in a few minutes about COVID chronicles and, uh, uh, and, and elsewhere. Do you, what do you find when you're sitting down and, and writing a topic, when you mentioned there, you know, take what you, what your pre previous teacher said, and you take what you know and write what you love. Has there been any crossroads on that where the things that you know isn't always necessarily the things that you're really passionate about, where you said, this is, this is, this is like, is there something where you write? It's like, this is important to say, this is an important story to tell compared to some of the things that just, are just fun to write. Is there, what do you find easier? Yeah. Um, you know, again, I don't, it, the story just comes to me. I mean, that, right. that's like, it's like this, I can't explain this. It's like a magic thing, you know? So like once I think the biggest, the biggest challenge I had, and I'll use this example, um, you know, Shelly Bond and I were sitting and she was like, you know, I really think you should do this Greek, uh, a Greek retelling. Um, right. And I've never had somebody tell me, I want you to do this, right. right? I mean, the story with Seth and elsewhere, real selfie, yes and no, it was a little different. It was more of a middle ground. But for someone to say, I want you to start from here, that was really hard because mm. I never, I already have in my head what stories I want to write. I already have, and I know that. It's just a matter of time for me, you know, to sit down and do that. So sitting there and then hearing, I, I, sort of just this outside request that I, I spent a little bit more time trying to figure out a story, but always what happens. And you know, I kind of stay in my lane. 
Um, in that example, I, and I, I went back to my years living in Greece um, and remembering uh, a particular statue that stuck out for me that I then realized became a theme in, the, in my third novel that I'm currently writing. Um, and makes an appearance in my fir my first novel that that's mm -hmm. kind of sitting in my hard drive. So um, I think that for me is the hardest when it's not something that I already have in my very long sheet of to do. <laughs> um, but the the comic that um, Seth and I have out coming out and actually it's coming out this weekend in Mermaids Monthly and it's going to be free in March for anyone that wants to read it. Andromeda that was some freaky weird. I read the call for submissions and like the story downloaded in my brain. <laughs> like, like I'm like, I have to write this. And I had told, <laughs> I told that Seth, I'm not gonna do, I don't think, I can't do any more shorts. I really, I have these graphic novel projects and I'm like, Aaron, I promise I won't, uh, I won't take, um, I, I got, we're gonna get, cause Aaron and I said we were going to, like we had this epic comic, epic yeah. graphic novel. Like I spent a year, I spent like, a year researching, I mean, it's like crazy. I have like mountains of books and it's like, it's crazy. I have volume one, six and then volume two. And then, you know, and then all these projects came. I'm like, no, I'm gonna submit to this. And actually, and Aaron says, that's smarter. You know, start doing your thing, getting your name out there. I'm gonna be doing my thing. He has these great mini comic uh, bundles. Um, people should check out with uh, writer Jason Alexander. Um, and it, it's good, good older cousin. <laughs> um advice and i don't even know if i answered your question Barty. <laughs> <laughs> well it, in, in a way you did yeah you're you of course yeah <laughs> so so talk to us a bit about your your style because you know the you know listeners and, and viewers might say hey you know this is great stephanie some you you got all these ideas where do you get the time to do this you know i got people will be saying, I got kids at home. I got a full-time job. How do you carve out time and still, you know, have that? So what, what's your yeah. process like for that? Yeah. You know, for, for my novels, for my prose, you know, my first one, when I did it, I didn't have kids. I was doing it all the time. I was doing it late at night. You know, um, I don't function anymore <laughs> past 5 PM. It's amazing. I'm not asleep here. Um, <laughs> so, um, but you know, I wrote my second novel after having my first child. Um, you know, I, I, I tell people this, you know, you, you go with whatever's going on in your life. And for me, I just, it's, it's an obsessive process. Like I don't want to do anything else, but write once I know that once I know what I want to write. Um, so I, you know, I don't watch, I say, I don't watch TV. I, I don't sit and watch TV, right. I'll watch the news. And I'll limit myself to certain programs so I don't get like addicted. Like I'm gonna watch The Expanse, I'm gonna watch Altered Carbon, I'm gonna watch Transformers, Earth, Earth Rise. That's so sad and depressing though. But like I'll have my little shows, um, but I'm careful not to like have too many because right. that'll eat up your time. You know, I'm very active on social media, but I'm not, I don't do Facebook. Like, so like I carve, you know, I, I make sure to carve, carve out my space and I just write what I can. So pr prior to COVID, you know, I did a lot of traveling on the subway. That's like two, two and a half hours sometimes a day. So I'm always writing on the subway. Yeah, my kids are there, here are your crayons, here's your paper. If you see anyone crazy scream, <laughs> you know, like, so I can pay attention. Um, you know, I train my older one, make sure you look at the stops <laughs> so we know to get off. You know, it's just those little things. Um, and just knowing when I work best and it's the morning um, and oh my God, this is like making me think of uh, my my high school speech salutatorian and I didn't thank my mother. I still have guilt over this <laughs> for my success and why I was able to do what I did. So mom, thank you prior to COVID to um, watching the kids for me all the time. Um, she doesn't know how to use the internet, so she's not on this, but I'm, I'm, somebody tell her that I thanked her, but <laughs> quite fortunate that prior to COVID, because not anymore, um, I, you know, realized that co-parenting with my, my parents um, was a great way to support um, my writing um, career, if you will, and, um, you know, co-living with my parents for half the school week and, and having that support really um, really helped me, but you know, you do what you can, you just carve out those spaces and you honor when life, like 
when my second child, um, yeah, that was a hard postpartum. Like I was just like tired, tired, mm -hmm. tired. And my mind didn't work by my third one. My third, uh, daughter, she's like a sleep demon. She didn't sleep. Uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't have to sleep train my first one. I thought that was normal. I didn't understand why parents complained all the time. And then the second one came and she was a little, then the third one came she was horror. So I know it's like for 18 months, I did not sleep. And I think my body gave up and said, we're going to exchange some life years from you. <laughs> and your mind's going to be sharp, even though to write, even though you're like dead inside <laughs> from not sleeping. <laughs> and I was able to write for some reason I was able to write. Um, yeah. So you do what you can. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, so, so you're, so basically it's, you, you find the time, you find the time you can. And, 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 and for you, as you said, your ideas just, you have plenty of ideas. So it's, is there any warm up times or are you just, you you go right to town as soon as you have an Listen idea with this warm up. All right. I see these <laughs> illustrators, see my cousin on Instagram with warm up. What is warm up? Like, what, what is that? Doesn't your hand get tired? Like, why would that be warm up? Why wouldn't you? Say, but I'm not an illustrator, um, so I've I've never heard. I mean, do you warm up <laughs> like when you write? I've never heard of that. Um, no, <laughs> I just I just I just write. But it depends on. And actually, this this is an important point too. It depends on what phase I'm I, I'm in in the writing process. So, if it's a first draft, and when my kids started coming, I went from typing directly, um, first drafts to I didn't want them to, them to see me on the screen so much. So I do everything with pen and paper. So okay. if you ask them, they've written books too, because they sit there with a notebook and they just write in their little alien language. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, that's, that's how I adopted writing, um, you know, when, when in having kids. Um, so it, it depends on what I'm, if it's polishing, you know, that's something for the morning, like if it's like straight up editing, um, so no, I don't have a warm up activity. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, yeah, now you kind of answered my other question too, is that you have, you need to keep a notebook next to you. So if there's an idea that pops in your head, how do you, you scribble it yeah. down? Yeah. So uh, there's always notebooks around me by the bedside. Um, if, if I'm on the subway, I have to have a notebook. I joked, uh, made the baby cry cause I forgot my notebook. So I took her <laughs> notebook and her pencil or crayon. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna draw you a picture. I promise. Just wait a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I have everything pretty much, uh, uh, everywhere at one, one time because I was commuting back and forth from my parents' house to, um, to our other apartment. Um, I started using Google Docs. Oh mm -hmm. no, I think no. I lost a few things and that's that's some bad stuff. Like you can't lose your stuff. Um, so I, I stopped using the uh, uh, Google Docs. Okay, all right. So <laughs> talk to us about, cause you just had uh, just released, uh, you mentioned that you just, um, this past Monday, as of this recording, you just had a book launched, uh, a comics anthology book called COVID Chronicles. There it is. <laughs> do you want? Do you want to just uh, talk to people how that book uh, came? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, okay, Seth again and Aaron. Um, so, COVID Chronicles, which is published by a new imprint, uh, Graphic Mundi. Oh, great! I don't need to do show and tell. Um, from Penn State University. This is actually their debut publication, and. Um, uh, Seth Martell had uh, asked me, and actually this was our first comic, um, to, to join uh, a benefit anthology for Get Us PPE. And it, the anthology was called Heroes Need Mask. And, and Seth's like, hey, what do you want to do? And I was like, you know what, I really want to do, um, it'd be nice to do a comic that um, really uh, went through some of the life of my husband as a physician who bridges the arts with medicine. Um, and specifically his statement that I'm not a hero. This is when COVID came out, like, you know, it's the little things in, in, that we can do in community. And, and, and you know, so, the, so my first comic with, uh, in this book with Seth Martell uh, is Small Acts. Um, and it raised close to $2,000 for Get Us PPE. Um, and then Seth said, 
hey, COVID, <laughs> there's a call for submissions for COVID Chronicles. Do you think we can, um, I think I'm remembering this right, Seth, um, submit there. And, you know, the editor, Kendra, was just so wonderful. We said, look, this is a digital, the Heroes Need Mask, would this be eligible? And she said, yes, yeah, so long as it's not in print. And we submitted it, and two days later it was accepted. And I was like, wow, comics are cool. You don't get rejected, <laughs> right? Um, and she was a great editor to work with on this. She had some great feedback um, and, and also listened to my feedback, just that ideal editor relationship. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, I kind of, I want to do another story, but I want to do it with Aaron. And I want to do a story that focuses on some of the challenges I've had um, uh, with uh, New York City apartment living during our COVID times. This was Seasons, this seasons of, the of the City. Yeah, so that one's Seasons of the City. And um, I was like, she's not gonna accept two comics, but I submitted it and she did. Um, and the thing I like about um, that is that it also gives you like a little bit, it's this one over, not that one, it's this one over here. Yeah. It gives you a little bit of, um, it's not just, so. Oh, this is my life in COVID. It's very much, um, A, it really shows off a, a, lot, a lot of Aaron's style. Um, I think compliments um, my writing. Um, but it, it shows an experience of not just like living in New York City with COVID, but also gives you a context of gentrification and how mm. New York City's gentrification with a little history of New Rico and my own family experience uh, in coming here and really making gold out of lead. Um, how those factors come into play during this pandemic, you know, who gets, who escapes, you know, all of a sudden it's a ghost town, you know, there's no one in New York, really, I'm here, there are people here, you know, stop erasing us, we're here, um, you know, and, you know, just hearing, you, you wanna know really where this came from? I'm sitting here, <laughs> people will hear this in my panel tomorrow for the book launch, but like, I always have beef with like uh, uh, Anchorman, Sorry, I do. I like first it was Peter Jennings. That's in my note. Oh, rest in peace. He was a great anchorman. But there's I always have a story about new broadcasters. <laughs> so I forgot what channel I'm watching, and but it didn't matter the channel because you saw it on every channel. So there goes my thing of not watching TV. Okay, I watch a little TV, and <laughs> and um, what was I saying? Oh, so I'm watching TV, and the weather person. You look in the background, they're like, the weather, this is like April, the COVID rates were really high in New York right. City. And they're like, the weather's great, and like, go out, and you see, and the, there's a backyard, there's a slide, for the, like, and this is local, New York City, local news. And it just, I'm like, this reminds me, and it's, it's a panel in the book, but it really reminds me of my bridge and tunnel teachers in high school with with no disrespect people live where they live this is you know but that disconnect of do you know what life is like without that backyard with kids you know <laughs> like yeah i don't so what the weather's nice where's there to go like <laughs> you know there's and i say that with all acknowledgement of privilege and some of the other things that i'm fortunate to have um but it was really sparked by like wow this is another case of um and, and Jacqueline Woodson says this in her novel, Another Brooklyn, we need more um, stories of, I don't wanna use the word native New Yorkers, but other New Yorkers, you know, not these, I came to New York City to party, have sex, do drugs, whatever it is that makes you wanna come to New York City. Right. Uh, stories of like the other side of why my parents' building does, do market rate tenants, they're allowed, this is a building that has a uh, rent stabilization legacy, so you're either paying whatever, 700, let's say for uh, a one bedroom or six to 7,000, you know, like so that's just the same apartment, but like that's, so if you're a market rate, you can own a washing machine. So during COVID, wow, like you could wash your clothes in your house. That's like crazy, right? But if you were like the older community, which are mostly the rent stabilized, like my parents, you know, you had to go to the laundry room and then the laundry room broke and it was closed. So like, you know, they were drying their clothes on radiators and there's worse things, but it's like those little things that I felt like if there's this anthology out here, I really want to put that forgotten New York, the New York that publishing doesn't really always uh, acknowledge. And Kendra was very welcoming to it. Right. And, and you do 
seemed so compared to some of your anthologies that you're part of, and then you're working on standalone graphic novels, you, because so what, which one do you kind of prefer to you kind of kind of gravitate towards what format? I'm definitely a novelist, whether it's prose or whether it's long form. Um, but these shorts, <laughs> I keep getting invited. I mean, and let me point out this irony again, all praise <laughs> to Shelley Bond, um, who also has a Kickstarter going on uh, right now. Really cool radio um, college DJs. Check out her Kickstarter. Um, totally forgot now what I was going to say about <laughs> Shelley Bond. Shelley Bond. So even with insider art, which was also, mind you, this is, okay, COVID Chronicles is a benefit anthology, a, a part of proceeds goes to the Book Charitable Foundation. Yeah. And then with insider art that um, came out last year, first it was, uh, it's still on Gumroad, $10, um, and all proceeds, it goes to female and non-binary comic book retailers. Right. Um, ironically, it's graphic prose. Um, so really? Uh, okay. Yeah, no, my story is graphic prose. So that was the funny thing because when editor N Nicole Booth, who edited the bathroom section, I'm totally skipping around. Oh, well, um, when she edited the bathroom section and invited me, I was like, bathroom, oh Lord. Um, I thought, uh, meanwhile, it's a really cool section. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do a comic. This is it. I'm blah, blah. And they're like, actually, could you change it to prose? So it's actually prose. So a comic Lonely, goes, Lonely Island, Lonely Island, right? The Little, little Island. Island, the Little, little Island. Island. Okay, little yeah. Island. Yeah. So I, I just relish in the irony that my first publication of prose is in a comic book anthology because <laughs> comics are cool like that. Now, Barney, what did you ask me? <laughs> that I mentioned that. <laughs> oh, what, what do I like doing more? So <laughs> I love, you know, if you read my five to six page comics, you will maybe see that I definitely have more than a world of five pages mm -hmm. and that my mind just works in like epic world building. And, uh, you know, Seasons of the City, I tried to cram the history of New York City from 1977 to <laughs> present. And my cousin was like, no. And I'm so stubborn that I actually myself drew it in cartoons and said, yes, it can be done. Look at this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if you use a microscope, and like, you know, um, but he let me do it just to prove my point. I still have now my cool own version of Seasons of the City. But to, yeah, I definitely like doing longer works. And, and I said this year, um, I definitely wanted to devote more time. Um, but, you know, if I see a submission, like when I saw it for Mermaids uh, Monthly, that like, you know, the, you hear angels or whatever weird things happen that like this story has to come out, I'm probably going to do it, right. which probably right. means now Seth's going to send me something. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, because you, you did kind of, you, you did just said uh, you alluded to one of my favorite words, world building. I, so let me ask you, so as a writer, uh, how much control over, how much have you asked the, your, your artist friends that have been that illustrate your, your work? Do you ever try to put in like some Easter eggs on some of your past projects at all, or say, Hey, like maybe like as an example, like they through COVID Chronicles or, or, or as an example of like, this was a main character in little Island. Is there a way to that's interesting. put in the background? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So I think there's two questions there. So I definitely, I think, uh, provide a lot of world building for the illustrators. Um, and I'm, and I think I put like, you know, use your vision too, just to be too humble. Right. So I kind of think I, I do that unless it's a comic where, um, again, um, they were part of the early co-creator um, uh, process. Um, I think in terms of like, in terms of my shorts coming out, I think you definitely will see some of the things I'm working on for my longer term ones, not because I'm trying to sneak a character, but because that's the mental capacity of my mind and all this, these facts are sitting in there. So like, if you look at, oh wait, Elsewhere didn't publish. I was like, oh, I'll show you Elsewhere. Um, if you look at Elsewhere, uh, a real selfie, mm -hmm. um, you will see on one superficial level, you will see, um, the story, I, I kind of pitch it as, um, I think if you go to my stories page, you'll see, but that's all right. You don't really need to see it. Okay. You will see um, 
like I think I say Scoob if Scooby Doo and the get and the Portopian gang vacationed on Vieques, right? Okay. Like you'll see like this crazy story of um you know, four kids on vacation and it's like, ooh, haunted house and, you know, challenging each other. Like, you know, really funny, spooky vacation story. Right. But, <laughs> but you know, all my stories pretty much have an under layer to it. Um, oh my gosh, DR163, I forgot about DR163. Yeah, we'll um, um, But underneath that, there it is. Underneath that, um, that story is a little bit of the history of um, the U.S. using the uh, island of Vieques in Puerto Rico um, as a military target practice and some of the environmental consequences because of that. Um, and also, you'll see the influence, a big influence on my really big uh, graphic novel that eventually I will get to, Aaron. Um, <laughs> And it, you know what, to be fair, let me just say this. <laughs> I have outlined the entire thing, six, six uh, whatever it is, chapters. I didn't. I don't know what this is at this point. They're probably chapters or issues, I don't know. Six um, issues. And I have the full script of the first, uh, of the first one. So let me just be fair that I do have that. Um, so that a book, a highly, influential book for was Naomi Klein's um, Disaster Capitalism in Puerto Rico. I'm getting mm -hmm. the title wrong. And it looked at what was going on in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria and this so-called new society called the Pertopians. And these are the libertarians that have been going to Puerto Rico with the Bitcoins. Mm -hmm. And so my comic in Elsewhere has characters. It has a mainlander, meaning a Puerto Rican um, that diaspora that's vacationing. You have a local uh, Puerto Rican, you have the tip uh, vacationer that's not Puerto Rican in vacation, and then you have a Pertopian um, who is part of this, like, I don't need to speak Spanish, you know, it's no taxes here. And, you know, um, so you'll find things like that. Um, Little Island in Insider Art also, um, that one uh, takes place in, uh, well, spoilers, so close your ears if you didn't read it. But that one also, <laughs> that one also um, makes note of Culebra and the US military presence. You know, so I always have these things that are in um, a lot of my other works. Right, and and so how much do you kind of dance between the fact, like you, you mentioned you, you write, you know, like comic realism. How much of this is like, this is, real life stuff or how much of this is like this is kind of like the world we live in but there's some twist to it is there yeah is it so it depends if you're asking me um and i want to say this before i forget um uh little island was illustrated by uh ashley riblet um and who did amazing work and that actually was a different type of illustrator see i'm answering different questions you're gonna have to ask the other question again um <laughs> but <laughs> i want to make sure um, but that was a different type of illustrator relationship because I actually had to work with two editors and I never communicated with her directly um, until the very end. So that was like weird for me. Um, again, I was just used to working with my cousin, Aaron. And mind you, Aaron was doing my prose. Aaron was for years taking my prose and making them into comics until then we realized that, oh wait, I should do scripts. Um, but to go to your question, to answer your question, you know, my novels, or if you're, we're talking about prose, um, I very much have these certain amount of books already in my head, and I take family stories and weave fiction out of them. Okay. Um, so, you know, I took the, for like my first novel, it was taking, it's, it's sad, but I do take a seed of pain and make it for my family and make a novel out of it. Um, anyway, you could either ask me about that later or not. For comics, um, Again, it depends on the project for insider art. When I was like, what the, what, what kind of story am I going to write? It takes place in a bathroom. Like what, what kind of challenge is this? And my husband's like, got to write about your grandmother's bathroom. That is my grandmother's bathroom. Insider oh, wow. art at little Island is very much my grandmother's bathroom. Um, so, you know, it, it depends on the story. Real selfie, I've been to Culebra, um, but that's me taking my experience in Culebra and seeing the US military tanks on the beach and then taking, downloading my knowledge from like Naomi, Naomi Klein's book um, and making fiction. Now, Andromeda, I was really proud of because 
I never ever wrote or could write just straight up sort of sci-fi. You know, I'm, I'm very much burdened with family stories. Um, and I don't want to say burdened. I want to write those stories, but it's, it's, it's a very heavy call. Um, mm -hmm. And, and it's, if it's not that, I very much put social justice history in my work. And Andromeda was a, a, my, the first time I was able to just do straight up sci-fi, but it still has a statement because I am reclaiming um, uh, Andromeda and Greek myths, um, black roots, because she was whitewashed during, uh, I think it was the Renaissance and how she was depicted. And if you go back and read the texts, um, they make, a, you know, there's several notes of her being black skinned. So I still get that in there, but I was very proud that I was able to do this kind of like, sci-fi-ish thing yeah <laughs> so are they all kind of like a all your stories are like a shared universe it's like is are they no. all no <laughs> no 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 <laughs> well you know my I, if you wanted to i i guess if you wanted for my two novels i say that the protagonist of my uh saints of columbus the new Eureka novel it takes place in the upper west side and looks at um uh, the legacy of christopher columbus on gentrification spoiler um, but that one, I say that her grandfather is the main character in the first novel. I don't say that, but if you interview me, I'll say that, right? <laughs> um, and that was me kind of, I think, figuring it out. This was the first things that I were doing, that I was doing. Um, but no, for my shorts, there's no, um, no, they're not related. Um, no. No links between them. Okay. All right. No, there might be themes, um, but not um, in terms of like characters. Mm. So we're, we're getting close to the end of the hour already, Stephanie. So did you want to, oh, wow. yeah, it was quick. Did you want to talk briefly <laughs> about, um, about your, the Kickstarter that you're part of? Sure. Sure. Um, so uh, Unlikely Hero Studios um, has a Kickstarter for an anthology with some really cool comics. It's about like 250 pages. Um, uh, it was like half funded already in the 20 in the first 24 hours. Um, but yeah, check it out. There's some great stories. My story is a real selfie. Um, there's some scary stuff in there. Really cool, wonderful art. Um, and you could check out the Kickstarter. It's for Elsewhere Volume 2. Okay. Um, always free. I didn't get to talk about DR163, a really cool webtoon comic free about a graffiti artist and a doctor who have a very unlikely friendship um, and become these midnight vigilantes. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just so much. <laughs> I want, yeah. And so this is like your, this is like your standalone. This is your long-term project you do, the uh, DR165 that's on webtoons. Yeah, DR163. Yeah, yeah. It's standalone. Sorry, yeah, yeah DR163. It's with uh, illustrator Aaron Guzman. Um, and uh, Your cousin. Yeah, my cousin uh, who does mini comic bundles. Um, these really cool mini comics um, that you could get a subscription for. But what Aaron and I are going to do, the first season's free on Webtoons. This is um, the little mini comics, the size. He does it with Jason Alexander. They're really cool. You get them in the mail. Um, Aaron and I will probably be kickstarting later in the year, uh, season two for DR163, and we're gonna do print. So I had a blast, and I'm actually really proud of, of this with him, because it was our first long-term, longer project, versus, a, a, I, I forget that, like, I forget about DR163, I love DR163. Um, so I really, really got a kick out of Webtoons, the um, vertical scrolling. I mean, it was just yeah. so much fun. And, um, but we really wanna, um, reach out to a different audience. So that will remain for season one free on Webtoons and look for us for Kickstarter later in the year for um, season two. Okay. Yeah. And then presume, I, I, I don't wanna presume, but DR Mustang, is it doctor? Is that what? Yeah, doctor, yeah. you know, and very much inspired by my, my husband's a really into graffiti artists and um, it's like, you know, it's just, it's comical because he's really into them. And I think at one point, one of them is like, you should go bombing with us, which just means, you know, yeah. <laughs> pacing up. And it's like, okay, Clark Kent's gonna go bombing. Oh, I love, I love my Clark Kent, but like, he's not the type that would make it really far on the tracks. Like, <laughs> like so I'm like, what if, <laughs> you know, Aaron and I were talking, what if, um, what if he did it? What if, <laughs> what if he became this like, <laughs> This like 
graffiti artist doctor. Um, but it, it's really cool. Um, uh, you know, in, in this series, it, it deals a lot with looking at, uh, he's actually a military veteran physician, and it looks a little bit at PTSD from ser serving as a military trauma surgeon. Uh, and some of the social injustice about uh, pharmaceutical companies and withholding medication to one right. of his patients. So I always have that in my stuff. It's it's pretty deep and it's fun. It's yeah. fun. I, I I look through this. This is it's a it's a really I, I I love the the point of view too. I think it's really it's really well done. It's fun. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so so this was great. So let's. I thought so. I had so many more questions, so we'll have to have you come back on again and maybe hey. talk about your next your um your your you have your another upcoming project coming up soon too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, have me on again. I'd be yeah. delighted. We could talk forever. <laughs> you got to remind me of questions because my mind goes. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much, Stephanie, and congratulations on on COVID Chronicles that was just that was just launched, um, and it looks like the the Kickstarter that you're part of is well over halfway funded and that's exciting as well. And, and, and I'm in making sure people uh, come to let me get this, uh, get on here. So if people are interested in learning more about your writing and learn mm -hmm. more about it, where can they find you? Okay. Yes. Good. I have this ready. So you could go to my website, <laughs> stephanieninafitzarillo.com. I'm really active on social media. So Twitter is Zoe help C O E and then health, and then Instagram, the Nina Galaxy. Those okay. are the easiest ways to find me. All right, perfect. Well, thank you very much, Stephanie. Thank you, it's been a pleasure. All right. I, I gotta say, I love that painting behind you. What is that? Oh, oh, this, see, it's so disoriented seeing like, what are you looking at? Um, yeah. So actually it's Tito Puente and it's a friend of ours, uh, um, Manny Vega, he's a hip, he calls himself a hip hop Byzantine artist. He does mosaics. You can find his work all throughout El Barrio in New York City. He does these really cool tile, tile work. He does prints. Um, actually his brother is a, is a big graffiti artist as well. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's uh, Tito Prince. My, my husband's a big art collector. I just happen to also be friends with Manny. Oh, wow. That is that You is could do a whole show on the art. <laughs> 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 I joke that if we don't have savings, it's because my husband invests it in art. He loves artists. <laughs> <laughs> but that, in a way, it's savings, right? That's going to be an investment. That's what he right? says. Yes, that's yeah. what he says. But Mike <laughs> says differently. <laughs> <laughs>